Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley, Ali Moreno, and we also welcome in two very happy Frenchmen. Julian Laurent joins us, and straight from the farm, Frank Leboeuf is here as well. Uh, before we let them gloat, uh, let's start things off, shall we, Craig, by reflecting on their 2-0 victory over Morocco. Which was a good game, wasn't it? It was entertaining. Yeah, I think we saw two sides of Morocco, albeit because they gifted that early goal. Yep. So we saw that they can attack and they attack very well and I think we saw some uh, frailties about the French at the back, albeit there'll probably be some changes for the final if uh, fitness uh, and illness is, is okay. Off. So it's, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think down that left side for France, the right side for Morocco, so Hamlino Messi will look at when Kylian Mbappe is not tracking yeah. back but yeah really good game but I, I think ultimately the French were just the stronger once Hernandez opened the scoring you thought this would go either one of two ways basically either France would go on and dominate or it was going to be the kind of kick up the backside that Morocco needed to then actually go for it and like you think that, that there was a period in the second half where France were really holding on Right, so yesterday we were talking about the approach that Didier Deschamps should take in this game and I was all for France giving the ball to Morocco and proved that they could break down France. I wasn't anticipating getting pushed back as far as France was in the second half to where even when they won the ball, they were not finding an outlet. Even when they won the ball and there was an opportunity to find Mbappé or find Mbappé, they would have had to have gone 80 yards in order to become dangerous, which by the way Mbappé did do in one particular play. I don't know how that's not a foul on Amrabat. Regardless, France did get pushed back, but what we saw from Morocco is they simply do not have enough in the attack to not only create opportunities, have chances, and actually put those chances away. So for all the attack, for all the sort of possession that they had in the attacking half, never really threatened as if they were about to score with a clear opportunity. There was the one run by the number nine when he cuts in and instead of taking the shot with the left foot, tries to cut back to his right foot. But other than that, it's just a bunch of half chances. Not a whole lot more from Morocco, although France did suffer for quite a period of time there in the second half. Uh, Frank, you said on yesterday's show that France had to score early. They, of course, then did that. Were you surprised how tight, though, the game turned out to be in the end? Well... Um, yes, in a bit, but uh, I have to say that uh, Olivier Giroud has two big chances to kill the game uh, uh, mm. before um, uh, the end of the, uh, the, of the uh, first half. And uh, uh, he would have scored, you know, it would have been a different game. The game would have been over. And, uh, you know, the, the French team left uh, the Moroccan team alive. And uh, it's why we, we felt a little bit of uh, uh, fragility in, uh, inside uh, our national team. And, uh, and so courage from, uh, from the Moroccan. I agree with Ali. You know, it wasn't clear chances, even if there are two, uh, two big ones and, uh, and where um, uh, Lloris saved. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, it's a, it's a semi-final of the World Cup. Morocco didn't, uh, um, didn't come to the uh, semi-final of the World Cup randomly. It's because they have talent, they know how to defend, they can be dangerous in counter-attack, they know how to uh, lead the game. But I have to say it's true, today they couldn't find you know, their striker and, and, and Desiree, uh, they couldn't find you know, clear chances to score goals. Um, and it's where maybe uh, um, they lacked their chances and it's why maybe they lost the game. How was that second half for you, Jules? How much were you sweating? Yeah, quite a lot, I have to say. I didn't like it at all. 
I didn't like the way France played tonight, I have to be honest here. I thought, this is what they do, this is their DNA, this is Deschamps for you. It's quite similar to a certain extent the second half that the one we saw against England, in the sense that they don't panic, even under pressure, they defend quite well. Uh, and, and in the end, they kill you off because you haven't killed them off before. So I just, I just think there's so much more that could come from that team. I see them better more defending than attacking today. And I don't like it, but it works. It's all about winning. They've got this incredible man winning mentality. Let's be honest here, that's the fourth final in the last seven World Cups. Four final out of seven World Cups. This is incredible. This is the sixth semi-final in a row that they win. It's just that they have this incredible winning DNA that Didier is transmitting to the player that Frank knows too well about. But still, to do it again with so many players missing, by not playing well because they were not, they are 39% of the ball today. They didn't play well, they didn't play well against England and yet they're still again in another final. As we saw against England, I think arguably Antoine Griezmann, man in the match again, was superb. Yeah, and he took a few, uh, particularly in the second half, he took a few tackles, heavy yeah. ones. Uh, referee was a little bit, I thought he was okay, he was a little bit lenient at times. But a little bit lenient. He was a little bit, <laughs> try to let the game go. But uh, I suppose when Mbappe got stood on and all that sort of stuff, but you know, I think the big calls, to my knowledge, were, were correct. But look, maybe the one way to look at it is, uh, the French, in some sense, got lucky against England as a penalty miss. They weren't quite lucky today, didn't play well, uh, scuppered a couple off the line. Maybe they won't get so lucky playing like that right. in the final. Basically, yeah. three times, you know, haven't played particularly well, have scraped through. Uh, as I say, the England game could have been so much different. This one was a little bit at the death, you know, that one off the knee that yes. couldn't get us off the line. But, but yeah, maybe with Argentina, they might not get that, that amount of luck. Hey, go on, Frank. Um, I think Craig is right, you know, they don't play particularly well, but remember 2018, when they won the World Cup, do you think they played well? They played only one game very well, it was against Argentina, when they won 3-1. Uh, is it a good sign? I don't know. Um, the team plays much better than it, they, they played in 2018. They're still very fortunate, and I agree with that. They have a, a, a killer mentality, like uh, Jules said, uh, and, it, and it suits everybody because it works, and they are again in the final of the World Cup. Uh, yeah, we can be very critical. Yeah, we might not like what we see, but that's very effective at the end of the day. They are killers. 4-3, uh, I think, with the score when, when they face off before, Frank. You spoke to Didier Deschamps after the game. Frank, what do you say? Uh, well, he wanted to, uh, to uh, um, express his gratitude to the players and the fact that they did what they, they had to do. That again, you know, he had some uh, people uh, being sick, like Upa Meccano, like uh, uh, Adrian Rabio, who didn't even show up uh, into the, into the, the, the stadium, uh, stayed at the hotel. Um, and uh, he was happy with the behavior of everybody. Konate had a fantastic game, uh, yeah. we, have to, uh, we have to say. Uh, and... Um, and, and it's crazy how, you know, people come in and settle down very quickly, score a goal. Uh, I forgot, uh, couldn't, um, um, the, the guy who scored the goal, I'm sorry, the young guy, uh, Randall. I know his first name, Randall, scored, scored the, his goal Call after coming on. After 44, thank you. He, he scored a goal after 44 seconds coming on, you know, it's, 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 it shows how the, the, the group of the Deschamps is, uh, is working very well together, how they feel comfortable working together. And of course, 
uh, it's not perfect, but he, he was very satisfied with the behavior of everybody. He was complaining about the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, but he mm. was very um, trusting his players to react and to, to kill like they did uh, the game uh, uh, scoring the second goal. Can I go back to Griezmann for a second? Not only was he important in being the outlet that he has been over the course of the tournament, he was important defending today. And when I say defending, I mean clearing balls from their own six-yard box where he's covering somebody who had pulled out of position and there he is to cut out the danger. Now, I don't think that this is the role for Antoine Griezmann, but it's what the game called for. And this is what I'll say about France and Griezmann. They're doing what the game calls for in the moment. In a, it may not be pretty, but it is effective, it is efficient, and while Spain are home, while Portugal are home because of, of, they want to stick to the way that they wanted to play and Spain wanted to pass the ball to death around Morocco, guess what? France found a way to create some spaces for themselves in transition, invited Morocco. It's not sexy, it's effective. And they're in the final, everybody else is home, France and Argentina going to the final. So whatever you may say about the style, not great, I think it does the job for France and that's all Didier Champ cares about. Uh, Hanan is, of course, scoring after Dan, just five minutes. Uh, oh, Dan, sorry, Dan, I talked to Antoine Griezmann because you were talking about him and, uh, and how he it simplified his game and how, how physically is, uh, is that good, defensively working out for the teammates. He said, well, he knew how, what was his position last season when, uh, with, uh, with Atletico Madrid and everything. And he said that he, prepared, he was preparing the World Cup since June and he was very hardly working uh, physically to make sure he would be ready for the World Cup. It's just what I wanted to add. And it, it's not a surprise for him that he feels good during that World Cup. Well, he's nicely rested. Hardly played for Atleti, did he? He just came off the bench in exactly. an hour. I, I would exactly. imagine turning up and, 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 and trying to tap for your club now and again. That might help. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Thought, you know. um, what did you make of the first goal? Teo Hernandez, good finish. Keeper's got to do better, maybe, there? Uh, Bono coming out. He kind of just... No, I thought he... no, 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 no. I'm not... Well, no, no. The defender sold the jerseys. Right. Right, you can't. I mean, I know Aguirre went um, missing just before kickoff. Sice was injured. Yeah. Open about in one leg. The new guy that came in, left. they went to a back three. You can't dive in there. Well, if you dive in, you might as well give a foul away mm. or take the ball. Yeah. Do anything. You're not, not, don't dive in. You've got to stay goal side. He doesn't get around him. So he takes the blame. And it's everything that Morocco did. You know, I don't know what the keeper, the keeper, like, he comes, he tries to make himself big. Uh, I suppose Hernandez takes it really early. Everything Morocco have done well up until the semi-final, they did poorly in the first 10 minutes. Right. Maybe that was the changes. Yeah. I don't know. People coming in, nervous, yeah. trying to impress, trying to get a bit of confidence, making a good challenge early if you're a defender and getting that confidence up. Just a bad, bad decision. And your captain's clearly not fit. Well, and, and, and while we can sit here and say, hey, the player will tell you how he's feeling, whether he's ready, at some point you got to take that decision away from him. Because... It wasn't just in the sprint by Olivier Giroud that you could tell that size was injured. Let me just tell you, if Olivier Giroud is running by you and leaving you behind, 15 yards behind, you cannot move. You cannot move. It's not what Giroud does at this point in his career. It's not what he did over the course of his career. That's not what he does well. He hits it off the post. And, and so Morocco gets a new opportunity there. But I have to say to Ray Graui, the manager of 
Morocco. Why size on the field? Craig just mentioned the first 10 minutes of Morocco and how poorly they were defensively. It has to be a direct result to the changes that you made and the fact that you're having a guy on the field who cannot move who's running on one leg, who some of his teammates are looking at the bench and saying, hey, look, this guy can't move. It, it was very clear to see he should never, never have been on the field, certainly when you depend on being defensively organized and solid. That wasn't the case for the first 10 minutes, and it should have been 2 nothing, 3 nothing for France. Uh, where do you stand on the penalty shout that Morocco had uh, halfway through the first half, Frank? Um, on Bufal, uh, with the tackle from Theo Hernandez, I think yeah. it's clearly not a, a penalty. No, it's a, um, it's a ball handled by Theo Hernandez, and it's a knee against knee with, uh, with Bufal. So, therefore, uh, it's of course not a yellow card against Bufal, that's, uh, that's insane. But uh, for me, it's not, a, it's not a penalty. What do you think, Ray? No. I don't think. You didn't think? Who's... who's a lot of people are saying that there should have been a penalty. Yeah. The world. But, uh, <laughs> in the world, yes. I'm sorry, but... And what world is that? What world are we living in? <laughs> no. No. I mean, we're going down... I mean, we're, we're, we're losing it here. Theo Hernandez goes in, slides to play the ball. What's he supposed to do? Right. Let Buffal take it. Right. I mean, he's got momentum. He's coming in. I mean, <laughs> uh, Jules? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, seeing it live from where I was sitting in the stadium, it looked a bit dodgy. And then on the replay, I think the, the fact that Theo touched the ball first and then the ball goes away from Buffal, Buffal cannot get the ball. Then I think then it's a, it's a get together, together, and it's in the box. I agree with Frank, it's, not, it's never a yellow card for Buffal, it's just, it's just, it's just nothing. Let, let the game go because I think the ball is out of the way and then they just barge into each other, basically. No chance. No. He got the ball. Why the hell are we even asking this question? Well, because people are ex-professionals, ex-professionals are coming out and say Danny Higginbottom, for example, oh, is a freaking stupid. Okay. Right. Hey, 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 hey. I'm to ask the question. No, no, no. I can ask the question. That's it. You're the producer asked these stupid questions. No, but it's a fair question. It's not a fair call. You've got Dale Johnson, who is our official expert. Dale Johnson can stick it where the sun doesn't shine, right? I'm allowed to answer the question. You're allowed to just say no. That is it. It's simple. Simple we're discussing that. that as a penalty, we're slipping down the credibility meter fast. But you just say, no, we move on. Well, that is it. What is to discuss a penalty? So now, now we spend five minutes discussing it, which isn't necessary. It's you just embarrassing. Say no, and then we could have moved it's on. It's embarrassing. Do we, do we judge what we're talking about by morons out there on Twitter? Do we? I'm just no. saying. I'm just leading the question. That's it. You say no, and then we move on with no, everything. I don't say no. I say, why are we discussing it? Because it's, it's a discussion. Even, it's not even a discussion. In your eyes, in other people's Shut eyes, up. it's a discussion, it's isn't it? It's not a discussion. In idiots' eyes, it's a discussion. Right? Idiots. Seriously. Uh, Frank, it's interesting you take a look at Hugo Lloris. So not a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't even be asking that question, man. Uh, Hugo Lloris, of course. Standing up big again, Frank, some big saves that he's made. Yes, you know, uh, the guy is showing to the world, you know, having 
uh, or having been critical by uh, and uh, a lot by the, the English press that is is uh, a very effective and very good goalkeeper and it's true that he made two very good saves you know especially that one but also I think uh, when we um, uh, shot on, on the, the other side where he saved and put in a corner uh, well he, he did his job is uh, is the keeper and the, and the, the captain of the national team and since the game against England is uh, is a different class. Jules, how is that not? I mean, that 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 overhead kick, right? Could have went in, almost. There was an overhead kick similar in the second half that was given as a free kick. Right. Oh, you're talking about a high boot. Mm. A high boot. There's, there's just no consistency. I mean, there was a defender about a French defender about to put his head in. Great scale, I'll give you that. Great scale, but it, it's it's hypocrisy around the field. I mean, it really is. Well, the lack of consistency of Cesar Ramos was the referee was all over the place. When a foul was supposed to be a foul, no. When it wasn't supposed to be a foul, yeah. When it wasn't supposed to be a yellow card, here's your yellow card. And the ones that are 100% yellow cards, play on. All over the shop, you didn't know, to your point, Craig, you didn't know where the line was with Cesar Ramos. And today, some of the challenges, certainly in transition of Morocco and France, all of them should have been yellows. None of them were. Uh, it certainly sounded like a home game for Morocco within the stadium. How loud was it, Jules? It was really loud, to be fair. The, the problem is they considered a goal after five minutes, so as soon as that goal went in, you, 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 you felt it in the stadium as well. The atmosphere was not the same. Then he picked up again because they are wonderful fans, really, and, and because their team played so well and put France under pressure, they were going and they were roaring. And if, had they scored, the place would have exploded, literally exploded. It's, it's a shame, but they've been, they've been a key part of what Morocco have done in this tournament. I don't think they would have done so well these players without the incredible support that they've had from here. And just on, on Hugo Lloris, just to finish, it was a special night for him and his family tonight, of course, because he's, he became on his own now the most capped French player in, in history with 143 caps. And I think he, he, showed, he showed again that he deserved all those caps and, and that record. Morocco, I mean, it's a great story, but we've got the right final. Right. I mean, it's just been a brilliant, brilliant story for them. They've played way, way, and I saw some of the Moroccan fans after the game or near the end of the game crying and some youngsters and uh, some young ladies and stuff. And it is, it's a World Cup final is so close and most of us can never imagine yeah. getting that far. You know, it's just, it's a pipe dream. But as well as they played, they're on the, they're on the last legs, aren't they? And the French have got more to give. Yeah. French have got more to give, not saying they will, but they have. And... As disappointing as it is, I think, you know, we thought it was going to be, most of us thought it was going to be France, Brazil. Mm -hmm. It's Europe, South America, if you want to look at it that way. It's a great final. Uh, Frank, just last word on Morocco to you. Uh, impressive, really impressive. I think um, Walid Regragi, the, the only mistake that he made is, is to think, or to, was to thought that uh, Saiz was able to play. So he had to change his tactic. He played 5-4-1 uh, instead of his uh, regular 4-1-4-1, uh, who made him successful throughout uh, this World Cup. That's the only mistake that he made because of his uh, human feeling. Uh, but overall, fantastic uh, 
team uh, with a real thought. And again, as I said, you don't reach the semi-final of a World Cup, you know, randomly or only with luck. There was a real thought how they wanted to play, how they wanted to behave, and uh, knowing that the fans will be there and giving a plus. And uh, well, congratulations to them. And again, they're still a young team, so within four years, something is possible for them. Uh, most certainly is. Just a reminder, extra time as always available over on our YouTube channel. Everyone stays late uh, to answer your questions. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Well, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. The second round of the Copa del Rey uh, kicks off next week. Huh? All of these games available on ESPN Plus. Uh, be sure to check them out. Incredible scenes, meanwhile. Oh, no, wait, let me do La Liga as well. La Liga hey. is on after that as well. Uh, before the end of the year, everybody returns for one round of matches. Incredible scenes. Take a look at these in Buenos Aires after Argentina booked their place in the final. Just thousands and thousands of people lining the streets to celebrate them booking a place in the match on Sunday, which we now know, of course, will be up against France. This is Barcelona as well. It wasn't just in Argentina they were celebrating. They have an affinity with one of the um, Argentina players. I can't remember his name. Uh, the world, of course, coming together to celebrate Argentina, going through uh, Lionel Messi on the back of every single newspaper that led with the World Cup. Now, Luka Modric speaking after this. Here we go. Don't shout, Craig. Uh, I do not like to talk about referees, but this one is one of the worst. He's a disaster. We were fine controlling the game and this corner that the referee didn't give us and the penalty, which for me wasn't won, changed everything. Alred shoots and collides with our goalkeeper. He goes for him. I can't believe he gave the penalty. That killed us. They were split yesterday, Craig. We had Shaka and Frank say that it wasn't a penalty. Ali and Stevie said it was. I thought it was. Right. Yeah, primarily because, I mean, once he comes out like that, uh, Lovakovic, 
And I understand he has to come out and it, it was like a pinball thing with Alvarez going through. And I've saw even some of the arguments from people in England about, oh, this is disgraceful, it should never have been. At the end of the day, once he knocks it past him and the keeper commits, if he doesn't play the ball, if he next, the only way he's, not, he's going to save a penalty, mm. if he gets a hand or a thigh or any contact on the ball, once he commits, that's the only way he's going to avoid a penalty. I even saw some, uh, wait to hear this, I saw, uh, as, a, as, a, as an analysis to this, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, some UK pundits whipped up the Battiston Schumacher Challenge. Oh my goodness. From the right. 1982 yes. World Cup. Yes. And said, no. yes, yes, Frank, and said, look, look, this wasn't a penalty. And I'm thinking, because that was 1982 <laughs> and you were still almost allowed yeah. to shoot somebody on yeah. the field. Yeah. Right. If you haven't seen that YouTube, it, it, YouTube. it's incredible. But when Schumacher comes out, that. Doesn't make a normal, doesn't make a, a normal attempt for the ball. Turns his back and basically almost wipes uh, uh, Battiston out. He completely shatters his jaw, knocks him unconscious. Uh, the guy was in a terrible state. They used that as an analysis. I've never heard an answer stupid in all my life. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was a penalty. I don't really see mm. what the big debate is right. once he came out. I, I just don't see it. Uh, Frank. Yes, um, of course, it's not like uh, Batisto and Schumacher. <laughs> that, that was something very much different. So if we decide to accept the fact that it was a penalty because the goalkeeper smashed Alvarez, why you don't, if you are the ref, don't cancel the second goal when Alvarez, after leaving the ball, smashes the goalkeeper? Because that's the case. When Alvarez is hit, if we consider that the goalkeeper hit uh, Alvarez uh, on the first goal, the ball is already out. Okay, so if we decide that's a penalty for that, why the penalty is not cancelled on the second goal where Alvarez hits the goalkeeper? I've met, I just that's don't remember that one. Uh, that was where the ball was pinning around everywhere. It came to Alvarez, took it nicely, and he followed through and then clashed with the goalkeeper. That's, that's the... <laughs> Do you mean the one that he scores ah, with? Yes, yes. correct. Yes. That is the yes. point that Frank is making. Yeah. Shaka oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hislop is here, everybody. He was supposed to be outside the stadium with Jules. He was at the game, uh, but he's, uh, their microphone was broken. Uh, so they've, uh, they've whipped in here, so Shaka. Shaq and who didn't think it was a... Uh, Shaq and Frank, yes. Yes, yeah. Uh, Shaka, have you changed your mind since uh, yesterday? No, why would I? I, I, I don't know, stand by what I said yesterday. I think it. Livakovic got to a position. Nope, I, I think Livakovic got, got to a position, held it, and Alvarez couldn't continue into him. I, I didn't think it was a foul. I think it's one of those incidental contacts that happened. Uh, Jules? I have to say, I thought it was a penalty. I think he's very clumsy from Livakovic. And, and I think Alvarez may be very intelligent and clever the way he does it, but you have to give it. Uh, listen, with VR now, they, they would have checked it, they would have looked at it again and again in all different angles. And if they, if they really thought there was a doubt, they would have, they would have had something about it in case they, they clearly all agreed because I think it was a foul. I must have missed a bit where Lovakovic saw Nobody wants to answer my question. Nobody wants to answer oh. my question. So we we don't have time, Frank. Frank, we've got to, we've got to move on. We've got to move on, Frank. We've got to go. We've got to go because oh, okay. I've, I've got to promote the, the, uh, the Gam and Jules podcast. It was a great question, though. Uh, great is, question. Uh, which is available, as always, <laughs> over on the website. Uh, be sure to check that out. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Uh, France, of course, looking to make it two in a row. The first side to achieve that since 1962, when Brazil won it back-to-back. Messi against Mbappe. Shaka, this is the final that we wanted, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think, um, certainly, given, given the knockout stages, best two teams without question. I think Argentina had their best game yesterday and then coming to this arguably in, in, in the better form. And the storylines, just from never mind who you support, just the storylines be, between these two, Messi and what would probably be his last World Cup, um, and then France trying to do what hasn't been done in, in, in 60 years, killing Mbappe, threatening to be the heir to, to Pele, who was a part of that Brazil team that, that repeated 60 years ago. There, there's just so many ways this game can be spun, can be looked at, so many ways history has taken shape. Three weeks is a long time for a goalkeeper inside that head. <laughs> Argentina are two of the best teams now. I mean, three weeks ago, he couldn't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> three weeks ago, he couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't wait to dump them three weeks ago. If he'd only just... If he'd only just stayed his ground, unlike Novakovic, oh, no. if he'd only stayed his ground, he'd have been looking now like a right smug sword, having picked Argentina, possibly. Uh, Messi said uh, yesterday, didn't he, that the actual the defeat against Saudi Arabia helped them. It kind of brought them together. Did you, yeah. do you buy that? <laughs> well, well, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of know what he means, in a sense. Not that I'm on his wavelength with thinking. Right. Uh, certainly not in the football field. I know what he means, but... It also meant the next game was at Mexico, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, yes. Just was a out of the stratosphere, you know, lose, bye bye, and that focuses the mind. Maybe that's what he's talking about. That focuses the mind. Certainly, probably did his. Maybe his teammates. It's not. Look, when he painted it up, him and. Scaloni, and I said, let's lose the first one. Right, yes. That'll focus the mind, because they're getting... A <laughs> then Shaka will get off our spot back. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the key right there. They're getting a little bit slack this lot, so we'll get pumped by Saudi Arabia. No, but yeah, I mean, it's not the way they wanted to start. But I do agree, you know, I heard you talking about it yesterday, I think. 
yeah, Croatia, all the possession, but it's the most dangerous Argentina have looked yes. on a continuous basis, particularly after the first 25 minutes or so. And, you know, Guardiola's been, been brilliant, but he got a little toast of Lionel Messi in that, in that second half, didn't he? Uh, how are you feeling, Jules? I'm really excited, I have to say. It's going to feel, it's going to feel long between tonight, Wednesday and, and Sunday, of course. Uh, and I think you can make a case again for either team to win it. You can call it 50-50, 55-45 if you're more of a Messi guy or, or a Kylian guy. It doesn't matter so much. I think there are two teams that haven't been, haven't been playing great at times as in, in terms of style of football, but collectively have been very, very strong. Part of the Saudi Arabia game for Argentina and part of the Tunisia game for France, of course. But for the rest, when, when needed, they showed cohesion, they showed structure. I think they showed a lot of ruthlessness. There's an edge to this Argentina side, of course, with Otamendi and Paredes and De Paul and those kind of guys. I think there's an edge a bit as well to this France team that pushes the game slightly differently, but we talked about the winning mentality. And also, this is Messi's last ever World Cup match. And I think this is the end of the story for the greater of all time. And then Kylian is still at the beginning of his story. So it's going to be an incredible game. And while we think of this as Kylian Mbappe, and of course, Lionel Messi, it is 11 v 11, right? And so you have to look at the balance of both groups, but it's impossible, impossible not to focus on the fact that whenever we have thought of Kylian Mbappe pitching a fit at PSG, part of that reason is that he wants the role of Lionel Messi, right. that he wants that profile. And while they are teammates and and while they will see each other once again in the locker room, I cannot help to think, but think, that Lionel Messi is just that opportunity. If he needs to hang on from some sort of motivation, some sort of edge, which we have seen Messi with an edge, and I love me some Messi with an edge, it is that, that I'm still here. And while I'm here, I'm the best. While I'm here, my teams are going to win. While I'm here, you're not the guy just yet killing Mbappe. I certainly hope that Lionel Messi takes that approach because Messi with an edge has been better than we, we, we had expected. And we have seen a lot of that in the knockout stage. That bad boy Messi, Argentina wins with bad boy Messi. Is, uh, I think Mbappe's going to have to have a look at his tracking back, though. Right. <laughs> and the fight. Yeah. And, and what track do some. Sorry? And do some. Yeah, well, maybe one. Maybe one. One. One and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get it. They're looking for that breakdown and then they get out quickly and the fullback's committed. However, it's, I think it's, is it Molina? Molina? Well, it would be Molina, yes, that will be matched up. So if it's Molina, who has got like six batteries in his back and just mm -hmm. never stops, then it's a game of bluff between him and the, the, the Mbappe and the fullback. And I think it's going to be intriguing because they get a lot of joy. Uh, Morocco down the French left, the Moroccan right today, particularly in the second half. And then he realised that uh, Didier Deschamps when he brought Taram on and yeah. stuck, stuck uh, Mbappe through the middle so he didn't have to track. So there's lots of uh, little subplots. I'm presuming Rabio and Apomocano, yep. if all been well, I'll come back in, you would imagine, even though those guys today did particularly well. Uh, so there's lots of little subplots. But, but the biggest subplot is, of course, Mbappe... And Messi, and, and I, I, the other thing is, why did Messi play as long 
yesterday. Because it's messy. I was it? actually getting worried for myself, and I don't really bother too much, but I thought... No. If he, if he, <laughs> no, if he does his hamstring with 10 minutes to go yeah. and misses the final when the game's 3-0 done and dusted, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a, bit of a risk. Frank, it's a proper match, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's a dream, I would say, you know, and, uh, you know, even if I deeply think uh, and want that France win, I cannot avoid the fact that uh, having Messi for his last World Cup, you know, winning it will be a, a fairy tale. And I think the world wants that, uh, according to what we see in all medias in, uh, around the world. And, uh, and, it, and it's a nice... Uh, um, end of era for, for, for Lionel Messi. For the, for the game, that, for what we're going to see in Paris Saint-Germain, I think it would have been Neymar, it would have been a different, you know, way of thinking from Mbappé. I think Mbappé is ready to accept the fact that Lionel Messi is still, is still there and is still the best player in the world, according to uh, what people think, and, uh, and that uh, him winning the World Cup will, shouldn't be a problem in the, in the dressing room. Now, there is a game to play. I think Argentina are favourites, uh, but we know the mentality of the French players, and, uh, and, and they showed again today that without playing well, they're able to win. So that's, uh, that's the, tool, the, the tool for them. Let's take a look at how the bookies have this set, actually, uh, to see who the favourites actually are. Frank said that he thought it would be Argentina. In fact... Mm. France, got to be, in it? Just. it? It is France, who would just... Look, as, as, really? as Jules mentioned, wow. this is kind of, it's going to be a 50-50 uh, sort of tie. Um, we may as well get some uh, predictions, shall oh, we? Oh, here Why we not? go. Why not? Uh -huh. Right then, let's start with him. Oh. Mr. Shaka Hislop. <laughs> um, I, I think Argentina wins this. Just, I see Argentina's favourites, and, and I'm basing that on on their respective semi-final ties. I thought Argentina have have grown through this tournament and have seen their best performances for these these latter stages. None more so, more so than Croatia. At, at times, I, I think France France struggled a little bit again, or didn't look as comfortable as you would think against England. I I thought that they were pretty comfortable for, for most of it against Morocco, but still, maybe it was the early goal, so they didn't really need to do an awful lot from there on in. Um, but Argentina kind of shared this, and, and I think they, they get the win. I'm going to go 1-0, Argentina. Mm. Oof. Mm. Shaka, did you think it was a penalty, by the way, in the Morocco... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, other, other, other people did. Lots of people thought that was a penalty when they played the ball. But it's going to why we bother. Sometimes it's going to why we bother. I might, well I might as well switch the bloody lights out asking questions like that. Right, get on. Could help it, could help it. Uh, Frank, what's the score going to be? Wow, um, I, th I see a draw, and I see right. it's going to extra time, and maybe to penalties. And uh, but I will uh, put Argentina winning on penalties. Mm. Double wow. bluff! Double bluff! Wow! <laughs> Your appearance money will go down, obviously, Frank, if France wins. So, so understand. He's upset, looking after he's himself. Upset, he upset when he was here at Morocco, <laughs> partly. He, he's now upsetting the French. Yep. in France. Yes. Just there's, no bounce, there's, no, there's no end to this man. Uh, Jules, uh, two Argentina votes so far. Well, I mean, I'll go for France, of course. Four years ago, France won 4-3, as we said before. In a, mm. in a 
Argentina with, with San Paoli was a bit, it was a big mess to be fair. I think Scaloni brought a lot of structure, far more balance, solidity defensively. But I think the way Argentina play could also suit France. And I think France would be very happy not to be the favourite, to be a bit the underdogs and give them the ball and then see what happens. With Messi, Rabiot will be back, Copa Meccano probably as well. I'll go for a 2 1, one, two, two, one win to France. Ask me about that Morocco penalty again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Quite a few people thought it was a penalty, apparently. <laughs> the world. <laughs> to be fair, we're just canvassing the wrong people. <laughs> I've got a better idea. Why, why not we just hire them? We can come uh, in here and talk about the guff right. half an hour. Uh, I digress. I'm sorry. He's not. He's not. Good thing it's not. Sorry. Good thing is that you let it go, though. I'm sorry. Really, I'm not really. I didn't even reply to the message. Uh, my heart says. Argentina for the great story that would be Lionel Messi. And it, but genuinely? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I've, you know, I've never, I mean, we're talking about Ronaldo, right? Obviously, he's the other player. I think Ronaldo has scored some of the greatest goals, different goals, headers, overhead, all these different variety. But no man in our lifetime, and I never, to be honest, I've only seen clips of Pele and I definitely yeah. saw Maradona, but not as much as Messi. No man I've ever seen do what he does. And I don't mean in the Croatia game yesterday, I just mean in a generalisation yeah. for 10, 15 years at Barcelona and now at PSG. What a way it would be to finish his career, certainly at international level. However, I'm not... <laughs> in and there it is. However, <laughs> that's a little sensitive moment there. That was special. <laughs> you, you had me for a second. Oh, listen, I no, felt it. I've no hankies. Give me one of those GPS. <laughs> Give me one of those. Like, there's no the plastic the, flowers. There's no, there's no limit to the budget flowers. Uh, let, let me wipe the tears away. However, I'm not here for sentimental claptrap. Oh no, really? The French can cut you open by playing through you, and the French can cut you open by whipping balls into the box with Giroud. They've got more than one way to do it, France. I think they've got more on their armoury and I just feel they're going to steal the glory away from Messi and Argentina. Uh, and I'm going to go for France by two goals to one. Well, the obvious key for Argentina is having Messi fully engaged and having Messi impact in the game in manner which he did in the semi-final. Defensively, the key may just be don't allow Antoine Griezmann just to float around. And I don't think Argentina will allow that to happen. Frank just mentioned some of the names that will be in that midfield for Argentina. Those guys cannot wait to kick the backside of Antoine Griezmann all over the field and make this about physicality through the midfield, not just floating around and getting on the ball and being able to turn and then find the next ball. I don't think Antoine Griezmann will be given that freedom from Argentina. That will give the ball to Argentina, and I think Messi takes over. And of course, Comeval Heart. I do have some sympathy for the Comeval Heart. I'm taking Argentina. Rodrigo one de Paul's got the Rottweiler look about yeah, him, isn't he? That's yes. it. Rodrigo de Paul, Leandro yeah. Paredes, um, all of those guys. Uh, very much so. Uh, just quickly, I've got a bit of that Rottweiler about me today, but you asked well, me that I frequent had, question. I had no Never ask it again. There today. There we go. Uh, Jules, are you swapping in bad pay for Messi if you get the chance? You are, aren't you? Uh, Swapping Kylian for Messi, you said? Yes. Nah, nah, Paris born and bred forever, you know, there's no, no chance, I would not swap him for anybody. 
Uh, yeah, of course you wouldn't. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was very brief from Shaka because of the technical issues that we have, but you can see him uh, a lot more on Football America as he joins oh. Seb and Oh, he's cheap. Uh, <laughs> there he is. Uh, there he's he cheap. is. Uh, breaking it down. You can check that out now on ESPN+. Plus. Why does that make him cheap? <laughs> Are they talking about Pulisic just going nil, yes or no? <laughs> talking about a penalty at the Morocco. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to uh, look ahead to the World Cup final. What's wrong with <laughs> we all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Uh, the championship action continues. Birmingham against Reading. Uh, that game is live on ESPN Plus on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Oh, that's a build-up to the World Cup. <laughs> well, then we've got the League Cup as well on hey. ESPN Plus. Uh, the biggest game, of course, Manchester City taking on Liverpool. Uh, that game three days before Christmas Day. <laughs> Klopp will enjoy that, won't he? <laughs> yeah, he won't be. He won't be moaning about that. No, Do you think it was a penalty? The Morocco one? Has he chimed in? Uh, yes, he thought it was. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was worth discussing. He said it was definitely worth discussing and definitely a penalty. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned. Though Frank is back with us, Craig and Ali as well to answer your questions on extra time. This is FC Extra Time brought to you by Globant. Hello and welcome into the studio. Ali is here, Craig is here, and as is uh, Frank LaBeouf as well. You've been shooting pheasants. Yeah. <laughs> been shooting pheasants, those animals that he kills in I know, that's house. quite an interesting uh, tweed look you've got going on today, Frank. Was that a dare? <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? What did, Did you, you lose what a did bet? You talk, what are you talking about? Did you lose a bet? A bet of what? No, I didn't. <laughs> Why? Did you wear that on French TV as well? Ah, I was on French TV, but I didn't lose any bets. No. No, no. Why, did, why you, did you wear that on French TV? Yes, I was wearing that, you know, but I had ah. the jacket and the tie ah. as well. So right. it was a little bit too hot in my place. So I'm sorry. I tried to be a little bit more comfortable. I hope it suits mm. you. No, oh, no, oh, no, oh, casual, oh, casual, oh, Frank. All he's missing is a pocket watch. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> pocket watch. Monocle. Yes. yes. Oh, that too. Call it? I think it's a monocle. I said monocle. Oh, I thought you said Monaco. <laughs> no, no, I know what Monaco is. <laughs> You'll be going to Monaco, sure. Yeah. That'd be, that'd, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice trip. Uh, Frank, the, which, do you prefer, <laughs> which do you prefer doing, French TV or English TV with us? 
Oh, I love what I do with you. It's why I've been with you for 15 or 16 years, you know. And uh, um, I know TF1, the French uh, channel, you know, for, for years. I've been, I used to work with them and I, I, I really appreciate the people. But it's more, it's less, um, uh, let's say, uh, specified, you know, on what oh. we have to talk, you know. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, you, you are more connoisseur than they are. We talk to a grand um, uh, public, you know, audience. Right. Uh, we don't talk like, we don't talk about technique, we don't talk about, you know, if there is a penalty. We talk more about the atmosphere <laughs> and if everybody's happy. It's more casual and right. than specific. Ah, there we go. That was quite the speech. Never, never heard those called specific. <laughs> well, Honestly. specific what? Uh, will this be the most epic World Cup final in recent times, Ali? I mean, I suppose when you, you have FA all... Cup finals that stick out, 2010 was rubbish. Craig will tell us he was there. Who was calling the game, was he not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's horrible. There you go. Um, it's horrible. There are a lot of storylines going into this World Cup final, but the major storyline is Lionel Messi yeah. winning a World Cup. And I think that trumps everything else. When you have that discussion of a player that could potentially now transcend and put himself in a position where there'll be no doubt as to who the best ever is, I think that gives this final something right. different. Think back, what France, Croatia, that France that lead early, I didn't I honestly that was don't a... remember any. Yeah. I've not been funny, I'm, I don't. Right. Really remember? Come on, yeah. Craig. I don't, no, I don't. I don't. Frank. What about '98? Do you remember that? Don't remember '98. <laughs> I didn't watch '98. Did you well, watch it? No. Why would I want to watch it? We're out of the World no. Cup. We played in the World no. Cup. We're out. We're out. <laughs> and uh, holidays. Holidays. Yeah. With no no screens. I don't remember 2018. I, I just don't. Right. 2014. No. 2000. Germany. Germany. 2006. Oh, yeah, 2006, guys, you know, with uh, Italy and France and the last game of yeah, Zidane. Yeah, that was a terrible final as well. Patch, you know. That was the Zidane red card. No, that wasn't. That was no, terrible. That wasn't terrible. That was uh, better, better than the final. others. Well, <laughs> I remember Tardelli scoring for Italy in 82. Yeah, of course you do. I don't remember it. And by the way, when you said English TV, we're American TV, get it right. Mm. But we, we, we broadcast in English. Oh, yeah, I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> Well, usually finals are not that great. No. And that's that's part of the issue, well, right? That, but this, the storylines coming into this that, one, I think, again, are far more significant than the ones we've had in others. Yes, yeah. Go on, Frank. It's 10 o'clock well, in the make morning it here. Make, make, it, make it simple, what guys. You know? Except oh, if, no, you are, if, you, if, if, if you are Brazilian, you know, uh, except if you are Brazilian, 98 was the best World Cup ever and the best final ever. That's it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks That's for that. Yeah, a little but selfish. Look, look what you've done to Ronaldo off the bucket. That's what losing does. What's the problem with it being at 10 a.m.? Well, I'm up anyway, you know, but I'm just saying. Well, Stevie's going to set his alarm. I'll see you, Steve, won't bother. I'll take the dog for a walk. World Cup final. Four each, 10 minutes to go. What the hell could happen? Frank, does winning a World Cup elevate your status with your club teammates, or do they not really care about it? Uh. I think they didn't really care about it. <laughs> I even remember Gianluca Vialli saying to me, ah, well, okay, that's okay, you only played one game. I said, oh, thank you, coach, that was very nice of you. <laughs> uh, well, no, because, you know, uh, they didn't change uh, towards me, so therefore I didn't change toward them. So we had the same kind of jokes and same relationship. No, I didn't feel the difference. That was, that was okay.
But it does elevate your status. Right. Well, look, get frank. Yeah. What would he I be mean, doing now if he didn't win the World doesn't Cup? Doesn't mean that you're getting treated differently by your teammates. That wouldn't be the case, but you are in a different category. Yeah, you're, you're a World Cup champion. Yeah, you're a World Cup winner. Yeah, you never mention it. Was <laughs> <laughs> no, just let it slide. Yes, yes. Just let it yes. slide. No. Thank God I'd left by the time he came back. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm sure they felt the same. Craig, uh, Craig. Craig. Craig, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. You weren't at the club anymore, so you know what you know. No, I, I, knew, I, I never well, mentioned I that, it. Frank, that's the trouble with you. You've got no foresight. <laughs> I saw this coming. <laughs> I saw it coming. I saw it coming, and I left. Craig, which will be more important on Sunday: coaching, decision making, and tactics, or player fitness and performance? Oh. Uh, I think coaching. Uh, no, not coaching. I think in-game changes, right, for one or the other. Okay. I think they are the most important thing. Every team sets. Managers can set a team out. Three-five-two, three-four-three, four, whatever it is. Four-three-three, four-four-two. But it's how you adapt when it's not going particularly well. I think is what sets out a lot of the really good managers. Right. In-game changes that really affect the game. Sam Southgate has been criticised a little bit for, so Deschamps change it a little bit today. Uh, yeah, there's a fitness worry here or there for both teams, but I think how they France cope with Messi and vice versa Mbappe and one or two others, yeah. Uh, for Ali, if Messi wins the World Cup, will Mbappe want him out of PSG given his status at the club? No, I, he's still Messi. Yeah, he's still Messi. <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens in the final, he's still Messi and will continue to be Messi and will continue to be that player. He, he's now, Messi's now to a, a, a level that, that it's just untouchable. So whatever happens, it doesn't really matter and doesn't really change the perception of Lionel Messi. Mbappe, ha, again, we have addressed this in the past, he has been pitching a fit every once in a while because of what his status is mm -hmm. within PSG. But I think Frank made a good point in the show, is that it's not so much about Messi as much as it is Neymar that is an issue for Mbappe. When it comes to Messi, I think Messi is untouchable. Unless he comes in every day with a World Cup tape on top of his head. <laughs> yeah. Like Frank does. Looking at Neymar and just looking over at him and laughing, going, ah, hey, <laughs> on top of his head. Then I think he'll but I, don't, I somehow think he's a bit uh, more mature than that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Just about. <laughs> Fun, though, it? <laughs> Do you think it'll just stop? If you, if you were Messi now, okay. would you just go, sold it? Uh, I mean, you keep going, but it's going to be really hard to find motivation to finish right. the season on a high. The only thing that I think would make sense for him would be potentially Champions League with PSG. But it's going to take a while for Lionel yeah. Messi to be able to recharge and push himself. Because I don't know that the motivation is going to be quite there for the right. first couple of months that he's back with PSG. No, you just won the World Cup. Yes. The thing you've tried yes. to do. You've yes. got amongst your people in Argentina. Mm -hmm. And you've got to play Ren. <laughs> well, come on, guys. Let's go worse. get them. It'll be even worse if it, I mean, they win the Champions League with PSG. What a way that would be to Yes. Be even worse if somebody convinces them to come here. Well, yeah. What, you talk what? about playing against Ren. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see one of some of the people they have to play against if he comes here. Gets it into Miami. I mean, uh, he'll be... He'll be I'm not going to say it. Frank, what have you got? I, I don't know. I think I think Dan's comment saying that I was you know, showing my World Cup every day is completely unfair. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm very upset of what, about that, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think it's... Uh, oh, 
Voila. Thank you very much. Voila. Frank, tell me, show us it again. Lift it up. Oh, okay. Does that say care of Lauren Blanc? <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's called uh, thank you very much, Slavan Bilic. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool trophy. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Cool. yeah. yeah it's nice to have. Yes. Oh, it's brilliant. How long has it since England won it? <laughs> Why are you bringing that up? <laughs> just uh, just, just a, a reminder. Just one of those moods. <laughs> How long has it since Scotland won it? Oh, Never. Scotland. There you go. Ask me about that Moroccan <laughs> penalty again. That, that some I can't people out it made there. you so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can't believe it made you so angry. It's stupid, that's why. Uh, is fouling really the only way to stop Mbappe, Frank? It seems like he knows he is faster than everyone and has no doubt. Well, he has no doubt, that's for sure. And um, yeah, yeah, when he, when, especially when we, when in action uh, in second half, I think when he was very at his maximum pace, you know. Yeah. And uh, and the players tackled him. Uh, yeah, that's the only. That's the only. Possibility for a defender to catch him because he goes Frank, so fast. Frank, why doesn't he do that more often? Now, why doesn't he do that kind of knock it past and run like Gareth Bale, Copa del Rey final? Why, why don't we see more of that from him? I don't know. You know, sometimes I, I, I remember, you know, at the time I was talking to Thierry Henry about that. I said, you know what? Don't bother, you know, rest. I only take the ball like for like three times a half and, you know, and go and go straight to the goal because nobody can catch you. It's why maybe what Mbappe should do. But I think he wants to do too much. Sometimes he mm. makes it too complicated and maybe he gets tired with that. Um, and on top of it, sometimes he exaggerates the fight that players tackled him and, uh, and touched him because I think a couple of times, you know, uh, the players, the Moroccan player didn't touch him. But... Um, yeah, it would have been simple if the guy would say, OK, I don't get the ball, I arrest, and then suddenly I get the ball and I, and I overtake everybody and I go to score. Uh, I think the football is not that easy and it's not that no. simple. Oh, is that, is, that, is that me being naive? I just kick it past him and run. I thought, I thought you didn't talk to Thierry Henry, Frank. <laughs> that, that's David Chinela. Oh, oh David, him as oh. well. I talked to Thierry Henry. Um, it's amazing though that with that sort of speed that he comes short right. as much as he does and that he wants to play. What do you play, want to just over the top? He wants to play and combine it. I'm envious of that speed. I, I would have killed for that. And believe me, I did not have any of that. <laughs> and when you think and you see how easily he runs past people, the first thing that comes to mind is, man, just set yourself up to do that all the time because nobody can stop you nobody can stop you but when you start going towards numbers and all this this combination passes now people get around you they're going to be able to stop you then they can't stop you over the top do you think Acuna can handle Mbappe and Molina can handle Dembele kind of scared for Argentina Ali. well I would be scared if that's how Lionel Scaloni sets him up but actually it's the other way around Molina will go against Mbappe right and Acuna if indeed he's included uh, obviously he was suspended for the last game but it may be Tagliafico regardless Tagliafico or Acuna are going to struggle with the pace of Dembele Acuna perhaps will play because he'll give some more physicality to the position that's a matchup that I don't think Argentina really likes, but Nahuel Molina, I think, can keep up with Mbappe. Well, certainly, in terms of the engine, can keep up with him somewhat with the speed. Acuna, on the other side, may be a difficult, uh, more difficult story for Argentina. And Dembele was very quiet today, so they, France will need something better from Dembele if, indeed, they're going to be able to exploit that side. Frank, what are the next two days like between the semi-final and the final? 
well, I guess for the players who played recovery, for the player who didn't play, you have like uh, um, uh, tomorrow maybe a little friendly game, you know, just to uh, to keep in shape. And otherwise, it's just uh, you know relaxing, waiting, and uh, um, maybe planning after after the World Cup what's going to happen. Even if uh, most players are going to go back to their clubs, but uh, that's it. It's just. Uh, uh, well, waiting, massaging, and you know, all training a little bit, working tactically with the guys, but just try to enjoy the last days of uh, a fantastic adventure. Mm. Hi. Final question: What's the worst advice you ever got before a game? Mm. Wow. Oh, have you got one? No. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Thank you. No, no, I got told, but and I was only young then, and I won't say whose name it was. Back in the day when you had proper uh, like studs, metal, yeah, metal, Alan, yeah. what metal studs? Yeah. They could have been quite long, and I get told as a youngster by a coach, and I was at Chelsea at the time. We were playing Manchester City. Get the biggest studs you can get in your boots, and get them in Ian Bishop's face. Blimey neck. Ian Bishop who played for Man City, West Ham, and others. He was a very good player. I was on the youngsters, and I was like. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't. No. That's what he said. Get the studs wow. and get them. I mean, Don would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Don would have put it on Twitter. <laughs> no, Don thought it was a penalty as well, by the way. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love who you say. Ah, <laughs> uh, hard to think about that, but I would say <laughs> all we need is a draw. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Well, because it sets you up in a completely wrong path. Sure. It changes the mentality of the team, it changes how you approach the game, it changes how you go on a challenge. It, the feeling of you're there to win the game and when you feel restrained and pulled back as all we need is a draw now, you're protecting and you lose that aggression. Frank? Um, I think one of my coach in Laval said, you know, Frank, you're young. Be careful that guy, the striker, is going to try to uh, make you uh, upset about himself. And uh, so stay calm. Don't get the yellow card. Stay calm. Ten minutes. Red card. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Frank, will you go to the final yeah. round for answer right now, or are you still going to do everything out of Paris? Uh, no, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to Luxembourg to see my grandson for two days. Then uh, I go back Luxembourg. on Sunday to work for the... Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. And it's not for money. Uh, <laughs> I know, I was sure. And, uh, and so, no, no, I'm going to stay on Sunday because I work for ESPN on Sunday night. So, uh, no, no, I'm not oh, going dedicated. to Qatar. No. Even though you're yeah. a legend in yeah, Qatar. Exactly. From your yeah. time there. Well, there you are. You'll be signing one of those VIP yeah, seats. Yeah, I, I won the championship. I don't have the cup. I only have that oh, one, you know. I don't oh, remember wow. where I put the other one. Is that, <laughs> the other so I say goodbye. The is that the Club World Cup? No. <laughs> uh, that is it. Thank you very oh, much, yes. guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow to, well, so I suppose, start our countdown properly ahead. No, no, we're going to discuss uh, the legitimacy of penalty calls at this World Cup. Oh, good. I look for, oh, I'm off. What a terrible shame. <laughs> <laughs> Kay will be here tomorrow to discuss hey, the legitimacy hey. of penalties. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. 
Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 